everybody welcome to the first episode of free thoughts soul freedom <laughs> i'm a little bit cold today but i decided i must do this first episode today because i have seen something and i'd like us to see it together so let's get into it i hope you will find it interesting uh so today's podcast will be about the world's toughest prisons and we are actually watching a documentary about it it's long but <laughs> if it if it's not that relevant as it goes on we will definitely cut it short but if it is interesting we have to watch it till the end so <laughs> get ready for an interesting podcast a different world everybody out on the fence its own rules, often justice in their own hands. In there, in the pool, we drown the sex offenders. Zero tolerance. Back to yourselves. Gangs, violence, drugs. You can get all drugs inside and harassment. I did it to make it tough. And inhumane conditions. All this behind bars. In the toughest prisons in the world. Nights are the worst. When you have to lie on the floor like an animal. What? Jam together. And turning over. Allowed only on command. Come on, turn around. <laughs> Let's just pause this for a second and imagine <laughs> sleeping on one side, like if it's your left side, until someone tells you, no, now you can turn to your right side. You're not allowed to turn. As in, this is crazy. First, they're sleeping on the floor. Then it's like they're standing. <laughs> oh, no. And they're so crowded. Oh, this is this is scary. Anyway, let's continue. I die. And I never seen a worse place like this before in my life. No. No. 3,000 prisoners and space for only 900. One of the what? toughest jails what? in the world. What? Did he just say... What are three thousand prisoners in a space that it's for nine hundred? This is just insane. To be imprisoned here in Madagascar is pretty much the worst thing that can happen to anybody. Mm-hmm. The guards are only equipped with antiquated carbines. Rusty machine guns and worn-out nightsticks or cudgels. But they also have a place that all inmates fearfully call the hellhole. Ew. You get sick in there. I can hardly breathe for the stench. I had to lie between pools of my own urine and my own excrement. Terrible. The hygienic conditions, intolerable. Oh my God. The inmates live among heaps of garbage with cockroaches, rats. Oh, yuck. 
Because he's serious. Lice and fleas. Lice. Oh, mm. I'm scared of catching the plague, or leprosy, or some other terrible disease. I'm afraid I'll die in here. This jail is also home to women with babies, really? among trash and vermin, oh with no God. special treatment. Oh God. You get pregnant. You can't raise a child here. The babies constantly contract new diseases. It is a fight for survival in Antanimora, the toughest jail in East Africa. Oh, oh, I forgot to tell you guys. This is a, this is a prison in Antananarivo, Madagascar. <laughs> I had him say it like that, so yeah, yeah. Madagascar <laughs> is one of the poorest and least developed countries in the world. Average wage, less than 33 US dollars per month. What? The crime rate is growing rapidly. Ooh, and the spread of diseases is a problem too. This yeah, is one of the last the regions in the world where the plague, also known as Black Death, still exists. Black Death. Especially in crowded areas, like in the capital city, Antananarivo. Population two million in the heart of the island's largest city. Mm -hmm. Overcrowding, suffering, despair. The Maison Centrale Antanimora, a prison with an infamous reputation, known by its inmates as the horror jail. Yeah, it's a horror. <laughs> it just looks like a horrific place to be. It is the main prison of Africa's desperately poor island state of Madagascar. Eleven AM. The new prisoners arrive. Pickpockets, crooks, murderers, rapists. The jail's daily criminal intake. <laughs> they have a daily criminal intake in a And the procedure is the same for all. Season. Likewise for this newcomer. Admission in the guard room of Antanimora. Moraniria Rakoto Arisoa is the duty officer, the superintendent. The 39 year old frisks the new inmate thoroughly for weapons, drugs, mobile phone. But there is nothing but fear, and his <laughs> yeah. whole body is trembling. Hey, First, you. he must hand over his belt. This is what a possible wants to come. That's got to stay here. He could use it to injure other prisoners or commit suicide. It will be registered here in our logbook, and he'll get it back when he's released. If he can find it. Ricardo is hardly aware of what's happening to him. He is here because of theft and totally confused. I'm scared. Uh huh. <laughs> that, 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 it's my huh? first time here. <laughs> wow. An auxiliary guard funny. leads Ricardo to his cell block. Wait, the new arrival has no idea how long he will have to remain. Is wearing, like, he is in pre-trial detention. Around 700 like prisoners are locked up with him in this one block alone. Three times as many as there should be. What? 
I don't know what to think yet. I've only just arrived. Maybe I'll meet somebody I know. As every inmate in Antanimora, he is also assigned to a group dormitory. There are no individual cells in one of the world's toughest prisons, and certainly no bed for a newcomer. Mm -hmm. Ricardo will have to sleep on the floor. Sadness. We've just got too many prisoners. They suffer because of it. And there's no solution. The way it works right now is that you only get a place up there when another prisoner is released. Hard. What did you expect? It's hard. Every dormitory has a cell boss or manager, who is likewise an inmate. He explains the rules to the newcomer. We demand mutual respect. No drugs, no brawls, no booze. Food at 3 p.m. At 5, everybody back in the cell. Curfew at 8. Be smart, don't make any trouble. There are just too many of us in here. <laughs> Too many inmates. Far too many. Yeah, One of Antanimora's major problems. Around 3,000 prisoners are locked up here in the center of Madagascar's capital. Originally built to house 800, all five blocks are drastically overcrowded. Petty criminals, political prisoners, serious felons. All packed together. More than 50% of the inmates have yet to be convicted. According to the Red Cross, they can sit here awaiting trial for up to five yet years. to be convicted. What? In order to maintain some kind of overview of the mass of people, there's a head count several times a day, conducted by hand, with pen and paper. The number of prisoners is then noted on a chalkboard and in a logbook. The entire accounting process is chaotic and hopelessly antiquated. What? Boxes and boxes. What you see here behind me is our archive. We don't have any computers, only some old typewriters we hardly ever use. We've got nothing. We just keep on doing what we've always done. Here, for instance, are the books from the 70s and 80s. What else are we supposed to do? What represents an administrative problem for the guards is sheer torture for the inmates, since overcrowding makes any privacy impossible, especially at night. Sir! 5 p.m. Roll call in East Africa's toughest jail. The prisoners gather in the largest block, then it's off to the cells, the hours most of them dread. The rapes are unbearable. Men rape other men in there. I'm terrified it will also happen to me. And diseases also lurk in the overcrowded cells. There are too many of us in one cell and there are fleas everywhere. You can't escape them, you can't even move. That's what's given me this rash. They are everywhere in their clothes. Fleas and lice. 
They're just fucking on the on the cliff. They even it's know a small eternity do. before all the Get inmates me. are in their cells. The last opportunity for some hours of fresh air and light. It's Riza Rapa Noel's seventh hellish night. The 43-year-old is accused of embezzlement and is awaiting his sentence in Antanimora. His sleeping quarters. Riza doesn't have to sleep on the floor. He has a space on the wooden platform rented from another inmate for 10 US dollars a week. But even so, he still finds it unbearable being cooped up. The smell of the toilet, once the door is closed, it's, it's impossible. It's, uh, you don't have fresh air, not enough air, and, uh, no. well, the fleas will Ew. come out uh, very soon Ew. because of okay. the heat, the cockroaches. I don't know if they are already running around. The old convicts hardly notice them. You can get used to anything, they say. Even 100 degree heat in the overcrowded cells. Prison regulations stipulate two hours prayer before evening lockup. For most, a tiresome chore. For others, a necessary prop. Two hours of Up to 150 prisoners in a room built for 30. Locked in for 12 hours every night. We've got a very little space to move. Those people don't. Those people, they clap their hands at night to to turn around. They can't turn around uh, as they want to. Mm -hmm. 7 p.m. The last prisoners are now in the cells. Those with auxiliary jobs are allowed to remain outside longer. I did an auxiliary job. Now it's really full. Zero privacy. Unavoidable physical contact. And for the first time in the night, the cell boss gives the order to turn over. Come on, turn around. Oh, this cell boss, he just stands there looking at people sleep. So that he can tell them when to turn. 5 a.m. next morning, they'll be released. Just when some of them had finally managed to get to sleep. I can imagine. Antanimora Prison there. in Madagascar. An overcrowded prison of horrors, claustrophobic conditions, horrible sanitary conditions, vermin, insects, bugs, cockroaches. It gets even worse. Women, too, are imprisoned here with their children. Whoever doesn't comply ends up in the notorious hellhole. It's damned tough. You're virtually sitting on your own excrement. And these prison inmates spread the deadly plague. More on that later. A new day yeah, in Antanimora prison. Huh? So um, that's the first part of this long as um, documentary. So I'll just post the second part, the third part, and the fourth part for as many parts as there will be in the same episode. So I guess I'll see you. Uh, at the second part. Bye for now.
guys welcome to part two of the worst reasons in the world so we are continuing from where we left off <laughs> and part in part one so the weekly roll call the guard troop and their officers gather outside the prison they sing their garrison anthem a song about the joys of harsh service Moraneria Rakoto Arisoa is one of two duty officers. His shift lasts 48 hours. He's married and a father of two. How can a shift last 48 hours? What? He's been working in Antanimora for 15 years. He knows the prison like the back of his hand. The small guard room in the front yard is his office and the heart of the institution. Place, all must pass, entering or leaving. It is just as ramshackle as the rest of the prison complex. Rakoto Arisoa commands a troop of 60 men and a small army of auxiliary police. His job? To maintain law and order. The most common incidents are minor brawls. Generally, disputes where one inmate has stolen something from another, or they involve food. Lots of prisoners don't have any of their own food, so they steal it from somebody else and we have to punish them accordingly. Crime. Problems with what passes here for food. And drastic punishment. More of that later. Because now the cells are unlocked at 5 a.m. Although it's practically it's still the middle of the night, the cell doors fly open. After 12 hours of close confinement, heat and stink, everyone wants just one thing. Out. Yeah. Right. Likewise for rookie inmate Ricardo in block A. The first lockup is over. Dressed in a fresh t-shirt, he seems hardly rested after his first night on the stone floor. You just can't sleep in here. It's impossible. I hope I get out soon to my family. If I forgot it, Nobody knows when their judgment is coming. Prisoner Riza, too, is exhausted after another night in Madagascar's horror There is no breakfast. Those with money can buy coffee at a small kiosk. Riza has only few possessions, like most of the other inmates. A change of underwear, and that's about it. He hopes his wife will visit him today, bringing news from the court and something to eat. He's gradually getting desperate. Well, since I've been here, I sleep uh, one hour and 30 every night, no more. Because of the fleas, because of what you think of what's happening outside, but, uh, I try to survive. And uh, I hope that uh, on Monday, when the sentence will be pronounced, uh, I can go home. I'll try to negotiate with my lawyer uh, to at least I can get uh, the, the minimum of sentence, at least one month or uh, maybe six, in the worst case. I think um, it will be the, the first death of my life, I think, but uh, it's, it's impossible to, to stay here. 
Better than anyone, Superintendent Mura is aware of the inhuman conditions in his jail, and he makes no bones about it. Yes, it is tough, damn tough in here. To do jail time in Madagascar is about the worst thing that can happen to anybody. Mm -hmm. I'm being straight. Over here, we are not always in agreement when it comes to human rights. In reality, they hardly exist. Mm -hmm. That being said, how bad must it be for a European? Mm -hmm. Block B of Antanimora. Bernard Venet has been in remand awaiting trial for two days. The Frenchman had a fight with a taxi driver. He is one of two white men in Madagascar's central prison. It's shocking. For me, this is a total horror. Intolerable. And then there's the monotony. There's nothing to do in here. Nothing. All day. The 43-year-old bar owner comes from Marseille. He emigrated to Madagascar years ago. Benal is not entitled to any special treatment. The Frenchman must sleep in a completely overcrowded cell like any other native prisoner. This is my spot. I lie here. And there are another two right beside me, here. And one over there. 58 men in his cell, sleeping like sardines in a can. Obviously. It's complicated, very complicated. Although Bernard, an expatriate, is used to the poverty of Madagascar, he is still shocked by the conditions here. He showers in the latrine. There's no water here. It has to be fetched from outside. We warm it up with the heating rod and then pour it over our heads. That's how we shower. It smells of urine, of course, it stinks, but, well, that's how it is when men live together in close confinement. This guy has only been here for two days, he looks like shit. Cleanliness, hygiene, a huge problem in Antanimora. If you want to wash the fleas off your body, you need money in East Africa's toughest jail. We have to buy the water. <laughs> well, the, um, we've got only one uh, water pump here, there. There are two water pumps, and there are people who are uh, taking care of the water pumps. So they are selling the water to all the prisoners, and we if we want to, to get a shower, we have to buy it uh, 100 at Yad. Riza hmm. must wait. The showers are full. Although the sanitary facilities in Antanimora are just as dilapidated as the rest of the prison. Hygiene is a foreign word in this jail. Garbage and refuse everywhere. Leftover food rotting in the sun. Mm -hmm. And flies, yes, and water, dirty water. Open sewers. Looks like a market, not even a prison. And rats everywhere. 
scurrying around, even during the day. The prison authorities can do nothing. There is no money. A high risk. Rat carcasses lie around. Diseased animals dying in the sun. A haven for bacteria and viruses. Mm -hmm. Madagascar is one of the few countries where the plague is still a problem, causing dozens of deaths each year. Fleas infesting the rats transfer the deadly pestilence to people, and the prison is a paradise for rats. They intend to do something about it. A group of men from the Red Cross and Madagascar's Pasteur Institute. In a barracks outside the prison, they plan to go on a rat hunt with traps. Traps with poison to kill the plague fleas infesting the rats when they run through, and traps with bait for the rats themselves. According to the organization, the number of rats in the prison has risen sharply. The situation is becoming critical. Imagine if there is a, if there is a case of, uh, of plague in the prison, you have seen the, the overcrowding of them, so the, the, the epidemic can just uh, spread like that uh, very, very quickly. Mm -hmm. The fear? A plague epidemic in the prison would also spread to the capital, and then throughout all of Madagascar. Fear of the plague is also making the rounds in the prison. As if the health of many of the inmates in East Africa's toughest prison wasn't already bad enough. The infirmary of Antanimora. Even this is far from a sterile, germ-free place. Charities and relief organizations have been criticizing these conditions for years. The prison is rife with malaria, skin diseases, bronchitis, and tuberculosis. It is a hopeless battle for Antanimora's one and only physician. We don't have any medicine here. I have to stress this. We have received no medicine over the entire year. I do what I can. Sometimes we get a few donations. Sometimes the nuns bring something. But that is seldom. The infirmary doesn't even have any paracetamol. And a pregnant woman is waiting in the anteroom to be examined. Nor is she the only pregnant woman here. The women's block of Antanimora, about 250 female prisoners, from thief to multiple murderers. Let's pause this for a bit. We're coming back to part three. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, we're coming back with part three. I think this will have like four parts because I don't want us to go through like a whole session just getting loads and loads of information just chunks and chunks of what is actually going on here because it's some creepy shit anyway uh, I'll see you in part 3 and take care, bye hi guys Welcome back. This is part three of the first episode about the worst prisons in the world. And now we're just getting into women and oh, I can just feel the depression. Anyway, <laughs> let's continue. This part of the prison is likewise hopelessly overcrowded. No privacy, no retreat. Just like the men. And exactly the same problems with hygiene and cleanliness. Only here, there are children, toddlers, mm -hmm. and 
and babies with their mothers. Toddlers, babies. Even pregnant women are incarcerated. Noeli Soa, 28, a cook, is serving two and a half years here for fraud. She gave birth to her baby in jail. This is what happens. When you go into labor, the cops arrive and take you to the hospital. You're there for three days so you can have your baby and recover somewhat. Then the police come and fetch you with your baby and bring you back here. I never could have imagined having my baby in the prison of Antananarivo. Bringing up a newborn behind bars. Daily routine here. And yet, under these conditions, an almost inhuman challenge. Nana shares the dormitory with 35 other mothers and their babies. Her daughter, Lian Soa, is 18 months old. Nana says the child is permanently sick. We have all kinds of vermin and insects. There are any number of rats, fleas, and cockroaches. Too many of us are packed in here. Whenever we want to turn over at night, we have to tell the others that we're turning over. And if a baby or a child cries, we have to get up and quiet them down. Otherwise, we are punished. Nana is accused of fraud. The 37-year-old has not yet been convicted. She is awaiting trial, with no idea when that is likely to happen. Meanwhile, she manages with her baby as best she can. They only let you see a doctor if you're on the verge of death. You have to take very good care of yourself and your child and pay great attention to personal cleanliness and to the food. There is no baby food. The children get whatever the women can buy or what their relatives bring. They cook together. No one touches the food provided by the prison because the prison food is nearly uneatable. Nevertheless, while the women manage to organize and share their own food, most of the male prisoners have to rely on the prison food. The stocks for this are stored not far from the guardhouse. No refrigeration is necessary. A stuffy, dark shack is sufficient for this. Manioc. The tuber is the only nourishment provided by the state for the prisoners. There is nothing other than the starchy root. The storekeeper provides 300 grams per prisoner per day. I tried it myself. It's okay. But I couldn't eat it every day. My stomach wouldn't take it. 3.30 p.m. Block D of Antanimora. the kitchen. Here the inmates themselves prepare the food provided by the state. Manioc, or cassava as it's called here, every day. What? It's difficult to cook. Manioc is very dry and hard. So they boil it until it's tender, for hours, without salt, spices, or anything else. Only manioc root. 
4 p.m. The inmates' only free meal of the day is dished up. The men manage to contain their enthusiasm, but hunger is still the best relish. I'm really hungry. Food is my biggest worry. I've got no family here in town which could bring me food. So it's boiled manioc root every day, nothing else. Those without money in this jail have no chance to obtain vitamins or meat. Even though there are no official statistics, the relief organizations maintain that malnutrition is the main cause of death in Madagascar's prisons. <laughs> I can't take being here. I can't be locked in a jail with so little to eat. If I don't get enough to eat, I won't survive here long. Life here is very harsh. The food is really unbearable. Every day it's always the same thing, manioc. It makes us sick. It's infested with small worms. They're bad for your health. The guards incidentally bring their own food from home. The prison administration says it can do nothing. There's no money for better food. Madagascar is destitute, and the central prison is right at the bottom of the government's list of priorities. The government of Madagascar gives us this food. Our job is solely to administer the stores of manioc and see that the roots are cooked. There's only manioc. Nor has Samwer hardly eaten anything else for years. One of Antani Mora's oldest inmates, he leans listlessly against the wall of his cell. He can't take anymore. He says he's been doing jail time in Madagascar for 38 years, and he's never once seen a judge. One day, a policeman turned up and said, come with me, and then they put me in prison. I don't know why. Then they said I'd killed somebody. I don't know anything about that. There are no papers, no documents, but now I am here, probably for the rest of my life. Samuel is 75. I don't know what you expect me to say. I'm tired, so tired. I can't live here anymore. I just sit, the food here, the manioc. I can't take it anymore. Everything hurts. My skin is peeling off. I just want to go home. Back in Block B. To quench his thirst in the unbearable heat, Frenchman Bernard has only two bottles of water per day. The native boys here are used to the tap water. But as a foreigner, I can't tolerate it. I need bottled water. I'm lucky. My family brings it in for me. If you've got nobody outside, you're in big trouble. That's how it is in here. The notorious prison of Antanimora. Horribly overcrowded and claustrophobic. Unbelievably dirty. But here is what the prisoners are afraid of the most. 
It is called the hellhole. Why? More on that coming up later. The women's block. The men from the Red Cross begin their fight against the plague. They set a good three dozen rat traps. Everything is carefully planned. They position the traps along the walls, the same path the creatures always travel. The female prisoners with their babies and toddlers regard the activity as a small shimmer of hope in order to at least prevent the worst. I hope that there'll be less sickness. And above all, no plague. And that it gets cleaner here, more hygienic, after they catch the rats. In the men's block, the men from the Red Cross set the traps considerably later, for good reason. But more of that later on. Sunday. One of the two weekly visiting days in the central prison of Madagascar. At a side entrance, the relatives of the inmates stand in line, waiting for hours to see their nearest and dearest, to talk together for a brief time. On the other side waits Riza. His wife, too, is expected today. The 43-year-old is nervous. Like most of his fellow inmates, he is dependent on this visit. The real importance is that uh, we get the news from, from home, how the kids are going, how everything is going outside. And uh, most of all, we, it's, it's important, but uh, because we, we it's the, the only time when we can get our, uh, our food for the week. The time has come. It's Riza's turn. He hasn't seen his wife, Tantili, for 13 days. Now the couple has 10 minutes. 10 minutes for news of the family, private matters, and most of all, news about Risa's trial. Dantali visited the court on his behalf. That's what they're discussing now. The gifts she has brought cannot be given to him here. I'm glad to have seen him, but at the same time very sad. We're used to seeing each other every day. We were always together, and now we can't be. Riza needs money in jail, and at the same time can no longer provide for his family. Tonteli doesn't know where to turn. We can't pay our son's school fees any longer, so he's not going to school. There's nothing we can do. I feel so helpless. <laughs> and they really could use some extra cash right now, because the judge has proposed a solution, one that is not exactly unusual for Madagascar. She bought me the news from uh, the judge and the lawyers, and uh, we have to pay the, the judge. And uh, he's asking for 600,000 uh, hariyat, and he will release me. $190 for his acquittal, clearly extortion. Mm -hmm. 
Yet money makes the world go round, especially behind bars. A bribe is necessary before Dantelie can get the clothing and food that she has packed for Riza inside. The auxiliary guards, or trustees, get a transportation fee for this service. Every door requires a tax. Half an hour after Tantali's visit, her bag has arrived in Risa's block. The trustees are permanently underway in the prison with bags and baskets, delivering them to the prisoners for payment. Risa has to pay about 30 cents for his bag to be transported, one quarter of the average daily wage in Madagascar. Well, everybody gets money here, starting from the, the chief of post downstairs up, up to here, upstairs. If you want a better bed or an individual bed, you have to pay something to the chief of the room. Yet not even a VIP spot is any protection against cockroaches. Good spots, says Riza, cost about $19 per week. The average monthly wage in Madagascar amounts to about $33. The more money a prisoner has, the better his chances of survival. The second way to get by is to become a trustee or auxiliary guard. They wear a special armband. The trustees transport goods into the prison and are in charge of locking and unlocking all the doors. In addition, they enjoy certain privileges, like being locked up later. Anybody wanting to become a trustee apparently pays the guards a backhander, or so claim many of the inmates. The prison management disputes this. There's a committee, a confidential committee, which selects the privileged prisoners. These are inmates with a record of good behavior. I myself am the chairman of this committee, and I assure you, we receive no money. The business deals, in our eyes, are simply a way to ensure peace and quiet in the prison. We're not involved. They are purely between the inmates. But it maintains law and order, so we consider it a good thing. Superintendent Mora earns the equivalent of $215 a month. He drives a brand new motorbike. But his job is a daily challenge. Keeping over 3,000 prisoners in line with just a few men in one of the toughest jails in the world. Among them violent criminals and multiple murderers. Despite obsolete weapons and little ammunition, Mora and his men manage quite well as a rule. Only once has Mora ever had to fire his weapon on duty. In the air, when a group of prisoners tried to escape during a fire, in 2006. We fired into the air, not at the prisoners. That was enough to intimidate them. They didn't get any further. It seems absurd. The guards in Antanimora carry no weapons, only a few cudgels and nightsticks. While there are female prisoners running around the women's block with huge knives. Mm -hmm. And searches in the cells of the men's block are only casually conducted by the auxiliary guards. At any moment, an inmate can go berserk, become violent. Lethal utensils can be purchased quite openly. Frenchman Benard has not yet been able to get used to this bizarre situation. It is pretty weird that one can buy razor blades in jail. Mm -hmm. The 43-year-old would never own up to his fear. Instead, he discloses his golden rule. 
In here, you've got to stay calm, keep your cool. Stay in your place. Do not provoke anybody. For troublemakers in Antanimora, the guards are ready with this, the place that scares them all. Solitary, the isolation cell. There are three of them in East Africa's toughest jail. They call it the hellhole, and the name says it all. Anyone who steps out of line is locked up here for as long as the guards think necessary. Half rations, no toilet, no yard exercise, isolation. If we only imposed some lax punishment, it would not act as a deterrent. They'd only get up to more mischief. Some men need something more harsh, and only this cell can stop them. That is really necessary. Anyone caught with drugs, or injures a fellow inmate, or is found with a cell phone, lands in here. I often get abuse and insults from the men I lock up in here. They've threatened me, saying that they will kill me. They say, you're locking me in here now, but I'll find you after I'm released, and then I'll kill you. Such things do not leave Mora cold. Nothing's going to happen to me in here, I'm sure. But outside is another matter. I don't go out evenings anymore. I don't go into the town's entertainment district anymore. I'm very careful what I do and where I go. But in here, thanks to the hellhole, Mora intimidates the men. They all talk of it in the jail. This prisoner broke the solitary record, spending 30 days in the hellhole. All you can do is sit around in there, sit around and sleep, but you're virtually sitting on your own excrement, sitting around and sleeping. I didn't have any clothes like these. I was naked down to my underpants. It's damned tough. You can't even take a spoon in there with you, so you have to eat with your hands. But your hands are filthy with your own excrement. So, you can imagine what it's like. Evening falls in the central prison of Madagascar. The people from the Red Cross are now going on a rat hunt in the men's block, setting their traps in the four blocks of Antanimora. It is the time of day when the first rats venture out of their holes, attracted by the trash lying around everywhere. And now, the bait in the Red Cross traps. Unfortunately, this is also attractive to the inmates. Most of them are eating only manioc or cassava during the, during the day. So, of course, if they can see a fish and some fruit, uh, it's a vitamin uh, and some things like that, why not to imagine that uh, I will be the first one to do it. Uh, if, I, if I'm starving, almost starving, uh, I will be the first one to do it, you know. So it's to prevent that. Uh, the food is for the rats, unfortunately, but uh, and not for the detonies now. 
That is why they only set the traps at dusk in the men's prison. After, most of the prisoners have been locked up for the night. Viewed by the hungry and curious. Where they lie again tonight, shoulder to shoulder, packed together. On the floor, up to 150 in a cell for 30. While outside, hopefully, the rats will be enticed into the traps. Tonight, Nantani Mora. Whoa, that was a sick documentary, I must say. What? Those prisons are like, that prison is trashy. It's bad. It's oh god. Anyway, <laughs> I hope you found, you found it interesting, and I hope I will see you. On the next episode. Bye for now.